You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hello, and welcome to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. I'm your host, Brooke Walker. I want you to think back to one of my favorite childhood movies anyway. That is Mary Poppins. We know this nanny, this cheerful, red-cheeked nanny was what, practically perfect in every way, right? And certainly her magic is something to celebrate. But if you find yourself falling short of the Mary Poppins benchmark as a parent, you're not alone. This idea of perfection in parenting might not feel like a tangible aspiration, but in the back of our minds looms these expectations of what I will be as a mother, as a father, how my children will turn out, how my home will feel, how my dinner will go, how that family night will will turn out. Flaws and mistakes are just part of the process. And I think every parent recognizes that, but it's hard to sometimes chase down or quiet down that voice of perfectionistic pursuit, that kind of role plays, that kind of echoes in the back of our mind. Well, today's goal is simply this. Let's be the anti-perfect parent, as in let's avoid the unrealistic expectations. We have the perfect coach and friend to walk us through this goal set. In fact, Brooke Romney recently wrote a book all about perfectionism. It's called I Like Me Anyway. It was one of my recent reads over a long extended holiday, a long extended vacation, and I was so eager and excited to dive into every page because she has a practical and relatable way of stripping down the topic so that we can Look it in the eyes and take it head on. A little bit more about Brooke. She comes from very girly roots, but somehow has morphed into an outdoor exploring, dirt-loving mom of four boys, and she she's so happy about that role. She and her husband have bounced across the country from California to Virginia, Arizona, and Michigan, but they've recently put down roots in Utah and say they love living in the gorgeous mountain setting. When Brooke is not writing or mothering, you can find her immersed in a good book, volunteering at schools or on a walk with a friend. Meaningful connection, she'll tell you, with her family and her friends, and God is central to her life and where she finds purpose and joy. I think you will find, again, her her approach so refreshing and relatable. Here's my conversation with Brooke Romney on how to be the anti-perfect parent. It's a Brooke to Brooke day. I like these days. Brooke Romney, welcome to Family Rules. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. I love chatting with you in any format. Likewise. This quickly became a Brooke squared situation. I was like, she's Brooke one. She's always Brooke one. And I, you know how much I admire <laughs> and respect you personally and professionally. And this topic, how to avoid perfection in parenting, it's kind of a buzz topic for you right now. You literally wrote the book on it, on, on, on embracing our imperfections and being more real. What led you to this topic set? Well, a lot of what led me to it was, you know, 17 years of being a parent and thinking that I would, if I read all the books and made all the right choices, that all the right outcomes would happen. And I quickly realized that that was, (laughs) darn it, I'm so sorry. It just isn't going to happen that way. There are so many parts of life, parts of our own personalities, parts of our children's personalities, and just life events that do not allow for perfection. So the sooner we allow ourselves to embrace that imperfection and then to work with it instead of against it, I feel like we can have so much more 
inner success for ourselves, but then also allow our children and our families to experience that same success in their imperfection. So well said. So well said. And the way you take on perfection, I think, is really helpful. It, it's, it's a layered approach because it's one thing to say, oh, don't look at the perfection on Instagram. That's not that's not attainable. We, we kind of know that. But you kind of speak to the inner voice, the inner dialogue that's constantly playing on our mind and in our hearts that still somehow, and I don't know how, but still we're, we're kind of leaning toward or driving ourselves toward this idea of what, what it should look like or how it should be. Well, because I think it's natural, especially in parenting, for us to want to give our best effort. You know, these are our kids. Like, this is important stuff. This isn't, does my house look clean? This is, am I raising good humans, you know? And and that feels really big and feels very important. So I think it's really natural for us to want to do it well. But sometimes that desire can really hold us back and keep us from, uh, I guess, some of the more connected moments with ourselves, with God, with our children, Um, because we're protecting ourselves from ever looking bad. And I think there's a really good distinction that comes from, you know, looking bad and looking good and realizing we are good, we Mm -hmm. have great intentions, and then there's a lot of stumbling blocks that we're going to have to work through, and that's just part of the process. It's such a better place to work from, right, or to build onto. And and preparation, you say, is key. This is where it starts. You want to start by preparing yourself that you will not be perfect. What, What does that look like? I mean, it sounds like there's an effort there or an actual work that needs to happen. So here's the thing. We can all say, I know it's not going to go well. I know I'm not going to be perfect, you know. And then somehow inside we think, but. Yeah, yeah. It's that inner voice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to be, I really am. I'm going to be better. I saw how my sister messed up with her kids. I'm not going (laughs) to do it that way. Or I'm thinking about my parents. They did all these things wrong. If I just correct those couple things, like I've got it made. And so what I like to talk to people about is just making sure that you understand there's going to be some hiccups. Yeah. There's going to be some times where you you personally don't even do what you know you should do and yeah. what you want to do. And that is just part of being a parent. It's part of life. It's part of the fact that we are not, you know, imperfect beings. And so, and then giving our children the opportunity to also do that, that even when we teach them every single right thing, they will still make mistakes. They will still go against the grain. They will still, still do what we have told them 600 times not to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to embarrass you in public. They're going to make choices that you cannot even believe. And once they get to be teenagers, your mouth is going to fall open a couple times at least where you think, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like, what did I miss? What did they miss? And so just preparing for that and and starting to think, how how will I deal with that? How will I deal with the fact that my child teacher is going to call me and tell me things aren't going so well? Yeah. You know? Well, it speaks to expectation. It it speaks to that mental acceptance that we have to go in with that open framework. And and as I think about the open-minded parent, as you were talking, I mean, it just emphasized this idea that parenting is a process. Like, no parent arrives, to your point. Like, we thought we'd be great at it. We thought, you know, but and now we're here and we don't want to mess it up because it is so important. But parenting itself is kind of this developing muscle. So much so. I mean, sometimes my husband and I just look at each other like our poor first child because we're on number four now. So I have four kids. Listen, I'm the first child, so send all the sympathy to me too. <laughs> me too, Brooke. And it looks like we everything ends it up working out, out okay, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but even like, sometimes I think you think you have it handled and then you get a different child. Sure. And it's like, oh, all of those techniques that worked so well don't work at all. Or you're really, I've heard from a lot of teen parents, you know, 
my kid was so great. They were so obedient. It was so easy. They were so kind and so loving. What is going on? And so every stage is a new you know, it's brand new. It's brand yeah. new for you. It's brand new for them. Yeah. And don't you find, do you think it's, what's harder? I'll ask you. What's harder, do you think, to be, to accept not being the perfect parent or to accept not having the perfect kid? Or do they go hand in hand? Is it all just hard? <laughs> I think both of it's hard. I think a lot of times one leads to the other. Yeah. So you thought you were a perfect parent until your child wasn't doing so well. And then you thought, wow, like, what did I miss? And yeah. I think sometimes just having that grace with ourselves where you say, I actually didn't miss something. I did everything I knew how to do up to this stage. And now I know more or boy, that maybe wasn't the best path. And so now I've got to reverse or do something different because my child is different or is different than I even expected them to be. Well, I know this is such a cliche application, but it's it's what I would say to you as a friend or it's what I would say to my sister or my neighbor if they came to me with the struggle. We just need to say it to ourselves. Yeah, and and do it really often. And I think too, um, it's not quick. And in even somebody who thinks they've got it, you know, when something really hard happens or when your child is, does something that you really don't like, it's you kind of throw yourself into that. What did I miss? What did mm-hmm. I not do? And just being really, really consistent with yourself and saying, okay, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And I do have the opportunity to do better. And I do have the opportunity to learn more. And I'm going to ask some friends. I'm going to maybe go to a professional. I'm going to read a book, see if I can figure this out. This next point I love in part because I recently, and I wish I could give credit where credit was due, but one of my friends or maybe it was my sister, but anyway, I heard this idea that in our home, the two most common phrases are, I love you and I'm sorry. And I've recently tried to envelop that. Like we're going to make those phrases commonplace. We reach for them often. We say them regularly. And this next tip of yours in terms of embracing our imperfect parenting selves speaks to the apology piece. Like you've got to be able to say the words, I'm sorry. And I just think it's so important. It opens lines of communication. It adds a softness to your home that maybe wasn't there before. What a good word, and softness. Then, yeah, and it just, I don't, it allows your children also to understand that, that perfection is not the standard from you either. So when you lose your temper and you say, hey, you guys, I had a bad moment. I am so sorry. That was not how I meant to deal with that situation then all of a sudden your child says, okay, I might have some bad moments too. Bad moments are okay. Mm -hmm. And it's important that I apologize for those bad moments. You Mm -hmm. know, I think sometimes our standards can be so high that maybe our children don't really show us their true selves or aren't allowed to express their real feelings or maybe frustrations or worries because they're worried about, you know, breaking that veneer. And when we show them that that is not what's most important to us, but that authenticity and the ability to come back from difficult times or mistakes or hard times, then I think that that creates like a path for them that is so much healthier than, oh no, what if I'm not perfect? Um, I also feel like sometimes we might do things really wrong. And I'm not talking about, you know, like something like, you know, hitting your child or something, but maybe we gave our child a cell phone earlier than we should have and it's not going well. It's really, really okay for us instead of taking it from them and saying, you know, you're so irresponsible. I can't believe what you do with the cell phone. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? I didn't know as much as I should have known before I gave you that phone. And it looks like things aren't going so well. And I'm really sorry 
for putting so much responsibility on you when you weren't ready for it. I made a parenting mistake and we're going to kind of reverse or go back on that. Um, you can also say, you know, sometimes you allow certain children to do one thing and then you realize it's not going to work for the whole family dynamic. And you say, Oh, you know, I really thought we were ready for that. I'm so sorry. That was not a good choice by me. We're actually not doing 12 o'clock curfews quite yet. It's, it's not going well. And so I think sometimes parents think I can never go back. I can never redo. And there's always a chance to go back. There's always a chance to redo and do better. And I think a big key to that is by saying, I'm sorry. And when you have a home that says sorry from the very little tiny moments, yeah. it won't be such a strange thing for them to hear. I made a mistake. Let's fix it. Brooke, I think that's huge. I was just like laughing up every word you said. And and I found myself thinking it does put you in this humble parenting place, right? It forces you into this mm-hmm. corner of humility. But I don't think parents... I don't, I don't know. I don't think we push away from humility, from humility out of pride, but rather pressure, like we're supposed to get it right. Again, we're supposed to know, <laughs> right? We're supposed to know the magic age for a cell phone, or we're supposed to know when it's okay to stretch out that curfew. So I love, love how you framed that from a sense of ownership. Like, no, 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 this was on me. I'm sorry. There was no justification. It just is what it is. And we're going to rectify it. We're going to redo. Right. Yeah. And I think it really helps the relationship. So there's not so many power struggles. And then, you know, they can also realize that had it gone well, there may have been a different outcome, but it didn't go well. So, you know, so these are the outcomes and, and it's okay to say, I'm sorry on their part too. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You might be right. I wasn't quite ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. Adjust and move forward. You wrote a lot in your book. In fact, there were a couple of chapters that really took a deep dive into this idea of comparison, which again, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things on the surface. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't compare. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the Joneses be the Joneses. But that inner voice fights against it. And as far as parenting goes, you say we have to stop looking left and right and just focus on what's in front of us. Yeah, I think I think some people are getting pretty good about not comparing certain things. And then, you know, you get to kindergarten and your friend's daughter is bringing home Harry Potter and she's already read three of the first, you know, the first three books. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we're working on cat. We're working on cat. Like what's wrong? My child will never be successful. It's, yes. it's over, you know? Yes. And so really just trying so hard to focus on what is important for you and your family and not looking left and right. It's oh. just, it. And it's so hard. And I'm, I just want to acknowledge that it is really difficult when you see your friend posting that their child just got seven scholarships and you're like, I, I hope we get to graduation. I really, really hope we get to graduation. It's easy to reflect on yourself and think, what did, what did we miss? What did we not do? Right. Um, but understanding that there are really personal paths for each of our kids. And maybe one kid needs to read Harry Potter in kindergarten and get a bunch of scholarships. And your kid might have a completely different path that doesn't involve those things and, and being okay with that. And I think kind of looking around um, at the people in your life that you love and that are successful in all different ways and realizing how varied those paths to success were mm-hmm. can be helpful as you try to not put your child in one success box. Right, right. So well said. And I laugh about the kindergarten example because I kind of thought as a slightly older mom, I'd be, 
I'd be above this. I'd, I'd be beyond this. But we just had this experience a month ago where it was my daughter's half birthday because her birthday falls in the summer. And we had the birthday poster we were working on and we were brainstorming the birthday treat. And all of a sudden I started to hear about what Fiona's mom did and what Julie's mom did. And my little five-year-old is working me up to the point that I'm like, oh my gosh, a packaged cookie is not enough. It needs a bow around it. And we need chocolate <laughs> milk. And this poster needs more glitter. And I really found myself like getting worked up. And all of a sudden yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I had to talk myself down and that was in kindergarten. Yeah. And it just, it's just so, it is just really so natural. And that's why I think it takes so much practice and so much effort to just be secure with who we are, be secure with who our children are and our varied paths. And I'm not saying that I'm pro at it. Literally probably once a week, I have like a panic, like, (gasps) you know, and then like, no, it's okay. We have our own path. And you've written in the past, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it speaks to the core of what we're saying. You've written in the past about the beauty of simplicity, like simple choices are good choices. So I think as we talk about the antidote of comparison, embracing a simple life or a simple approach, there is value and even nobility in that. There really is. And especially um, one of my friends, Miranda Anderson, she talks a lot about simplicity, but she talks a lot about you are going to have your things where you're going to go on. And that's okay, you know, sure. where you're going to be big. Maybe maybe reading is huge in your home. And so you're going to do a lot of books and you're going to do a lot of read-alouds and you're going to do all those and things. And bring on Harry Potter, you five-year-old. Totally. Yeah. And then maybe the poster isn't your thing. And so that's totally okay to dial it down. It's totally fine to do the simple poster. And so kind of embracing the things you're great at, the things that your kids are great at, celebrating those, and then being able to let go the other things. Because honestly, everyone, we can't all be everything. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about the importance of the apology, the importance of admitting fault and saying, I'm sorry. How else, Brooke, do you try to show your kids your human flaws and in an appropriate way? Because we still are mom, we still are dad, but I think there is beauty and wisdom even in letting your children know that, hey, I'm not perfect either. Yeah. And you know, this one may um, be a little bit more for older kids. Sometimes I've actually talked to a lot of teenagers who are like, my parents never made mistakes. They never, you know, doubted a testimony. They never made, you know, were rude to someone, you know, all these things. Because in their minds, these parents are pretty awesome. A lot of them are. And um, that makes them feel like there's this standard that they could never, ever reach. Mm. And so just allowing them to know that we are human, that we've always been human. And this can happen in small ways. Like for instance, you know, if my husband maybe had, maybe has a work colleague that drives him crazy, let's say, you know, and he can say, you know what, I am really working on figuring out how to be patient with this colleague. He's driving me crazy. And I have to admit, like, I'm not always super patient with him. So I'm working on that. And they're like, oh, you know, yeah. and then maybe talking to your kids if they, you know, sometimes just little things like, oh, I didn't get asked to prom either, yeah. you know, yeah. or I didn't. Yeah, it was really disappointing when I didn't get into the, my top choice school. That was a huge bummer. You know, I felt like I worked hard, but I guess it, you know, wasn't quite enough. And But look at this awesome path that it took me on because I didn't get into that school. Um, just helping them know, like, my son always is like, 
did you ever make a mistake? I'm like, of course (laughs) I made mistakes. (laughs) And just letting them know that we made mistakes and that we also came back from mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's really powerful. I'm thinking of a particular family discussion. This was my extended family and I was young. I was probably 15 or 16 and I had a, I have a family member and I'll play it discreet without permission to share here in detail, but a family member who, you know, from my vantage point as a 15 year old was a super successful business guy, uh, an esteemed leader in our faith, a solid, rock-solid testimony of Jesus Christ and had spent his whole life serving God and amplifying those, you know, those those Christ-like characteristics that we know him for. Great dad. I mean, you could give him, you could give the guy an A plus in almost every category. And I remember he opened up to this group of nieces and nephews and grandkids and 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 started to talk about high school and how bumpy it was for him and, and, and a particular poor decision he made at a party that had his dad throwing him in a cold shower when he got home. I mean, we our mouths were on the floor. We were like, "What?" And it wasn't it wasn't the shock. I guess it was the awe. I mean, it might have been the shock for a minute because he was perfect in our eyes. But it was the awe of he was there and now is here. And I felt I felt the teenagers at least in the group processing and looking at this this awesome dude with such such new respect and and through a totally new lens. And so I think you're right. I think when shared appropriately at the right age, it does add to this level of confidence almost, right? I mean, yeah, anti-perfectionism for sure, but there's a confidence that comes from knowing, okay, you too hit these bumps and these had these bumps. Bobbles. And 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 it's okay. You you straightened yourself out. You found your legs, and now you're walking forward again. There's there's such reassurance in that. That story gave me chills because the same thing happened um, in a ward that I was in when our bishop shared something with the youth, and it was so powerful. And I remember my kids coming home and basically having that same reaction. It wasn't like, oh, so if he can go off the path, I can yes, too. But it was yes. like, oh, so I have made like really kind of minor mistakes yeah. and look where he is now. Yeah. And I could get like, okay, that doesn't seem totally out of the realm of possibility for me to one day right. be so strong and so secure and so successful. Even if at, you know, 15 years old, I was a little bit of a punk. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well said, yeah. well said. Uh, finally, you say fun has a part in this. If we're trying to be the anti-perfect parent, and we are, I think the goals on the table, especially after today, there has to be a fun factor to it. Yes. And this can be difficult because I think sometimes parents in a really good way take their role so seriously, right? Yes. It's a big deal to be a good parent. And um, and so sometimes you're like always doing like the lesson learned or like yep. the yep. you know important spiritual moment. And I think to to really be a great parent, we have to have relationships with our kids. And sometimes that means laughing at the meme. And sometimes that means letting go and being lazy and forgetting about cleaning on Saturday. Um, Sometimes that means getting into something they're into that you're really not that into. And then I'm willing to guess you played a couple video games in your day that you never thought that you would. I at least, I've at least watched an act of interest. (laughs) 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 I've got four boys, Um, but I've actually played a ton of basketball games and been horrific and let them make fun of me and laugh at me. And I've, played defense with hugs and with ballet turns and (laughs) they love it. Like we have to show that we're human and that we care about things they care about, that we're willing to have fun. And there's been so many um, moms that have reached out to me and said, I'm just not connecting right now. And honestly, one of the first things I ask is, are you taking yourself really seriously? Because sometimes kids just need to know that it's not going to be about this 
big moment. Cause you know what? If you had a friend that only let you talk about really deep, serious, important things, you wouldn't go to them very often. True. So sometimes there's gotta be some lightness and some happiness and some fun and even a lot of um compliments. Like every time your kids come to you, it can't be, okay, let's talk. It's like, hey, you know, did you see this hilarious meme? Have you seen this YouTube video? Um, I've got to share this with you, you know, or that was a great game. Like you played an incredible game instead of let's talk about all the things you didn't do right. Sometimes you just have to celebrate. Sometimes you have to say, yeah, let's stop at the gas station. You know, let's stop and get that McFlurry just because. And so really adding that little fun, I think really helps our relationships and then helps our kids know that we're not only about the super perfect scripted moments in parenting. Yep. Or forcing those moments because then you lose the Mm -hmm. meaning altogether. Ultimately, Brooke, what do you, what is the benefit? What's the payoff of being an anti-perfect parent? And I love titling titling it like that because I think it grabs people's attentions like, hold on, permission granted, don't be perfect. But what's the parenting (laughs) payoff if I put these principles into practice? So for me, the parenting payoff has been the ability to enjoy my children for who they are. And there is nothing better than being able to say, I love my family. I love being with my family. I love who they are because I'm not trying to turn them into something they're not. I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm okay with our growth and our struggles and all of our weirdnesses. And I can just enjoy this. And I don't have to be so hard on myself when things don't work out. But I can trust that parenting is a long-term game and that there is purpose in the process. Ah, so well said. I love you. You know, I love your messaging. I think you're you're hitting moms in particular in a really sweet spot that's so needed right now. And it's esteeming and it's validating and we just, we're better because of you. So thanks for sharing your gift and your voice. Where can we read more of your words and, and get more of your inspiration? Um, I'm on Instagram at Brooke Romney Writes and um, my blog is brookromney.com. And then my book, I Like Me Anyway, is on both Amazon and Audible. Brilliant title, by the way. Was that your creation, I Like Me Anyway? It was. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, friend. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brooke. You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. Today's guest was Brooke Romney on how to be the anti-perfect parent. And we're better because of it. As I said, thanks for listening. We hope you can jump into the conversation next time. In the meantime, if this conversation resonated with you, we'll invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And you can leave us feedback too. We take that to heart. Rate or review Family Rules, the podcast. And we thank you in advance for that. We hope you can join us next time. Family Rules, the podcast is a production of BYU Broadcasting.